Hemshech Hayim Beis, volume 1, we're up to uh, chapter 122 on page 236. Middle of uh, Discourse 31. L'yachal Yesef. L'yachal So in explaining the third meaning of Svirus from the word Sapir, Behirus, Svirus Behirus, the Rebbe Rashab, as we discussed length, is essentially moving upward in the interface, first explaining Behirus as being the containers as opposed to Levushim, the garments which are concealers, so they're revealers, the containers, then explaining that they are the primis akelim, the inner dimension of the containers, as opposed to the outer. The outer being more the personality connected more to the identity of the entity, like chesed or gvura, and the primis akelim are more transparent. Then, moving on, that the real behirus is in air, because air is fundamentally gili, revelation, and illuminating. And now, in the last chapter, Kofchafalov, that in Eir itself, the ultimate, that even in Eir itself, once it's not Silas, it's already in a diminished state. It's still divine, but it's in a diminished state. So to really say, something that is revealing, the most revealing would be Eir that's higher than Atsilas. So just a few words on this thing called revealing. Basically, what we're getting from this is, the question is, what is reality? What do we see? So, obviously, you can see something that's complete shakir. You know, a magician makes a magic trick. It's false. It's a sleight of hand. It's just an optical illusion. There are things that are false. People lie. These things are completely false. So, what you see is completely not what you get. I'm just going in extremes. So, that's, that's not just levushim. That's uh, not just garments. That's complete deception. Then we have what we call svasemis, a little truth. In other words, like they say, every lie has some truth in it. Uh, so there is a little glimpse of something a little more um, revealing. And as you go through the process, you can literally reveal more and more and more. Then you can come to a point where there's no sheker, it's not a lie, but you also don't see the truth. It's like uh, the Friedrich Rebbe once told the Rebbe Tzachayim Mushke that the Emes Dafnishtal Mozog about Ligim Tamen Kemenizog. So it means that the, you don't have to always tell the truth, but you don't, a lie you should never say. So you could have a neutral situation where you don't have a lie, but you also don't have ultimate total truth. So you could have something that's neutral. You come into a room and you'll say, What's going on in the room? I don't know. Everything's concealed. Then you come to start having actual revelation of truth. You start seeing what's the real, what's really going on. So essentially, if you want to really put it in those terms, it's levels of how much we really see is going on. So in the beginning, you start seeing a little more. So if someone says, what is a human being? So if you put on a mask and you put on a costume, your masquerade is something that's not... They don't see necessarily anything about you. On the contrary, they'll see the wrong you. You can a person who's a, one type of personality can put on a clown suit and be a completely different personality. 
But then let's say you, you can dress in garments that are more distinguished and more fitting and tailored to the individual. So it reveals a bit more. But how much more? How much can garments? You look at, on the other hand, at the person's faculties, let's say, their arms and their legs, how they use their hands, how they speak. You see, you know, you see, you, so it reveals more. That's something that's a reality. But how much of that does it reveal? Also, you could, as I said, a person could lie. A person could also um, go through maneuvers. But you go to the next level, you see, let's say a person's asleep or you see a child. So looking at someone's faculties does tell you something about the person. But how much? So there is some element of behirus, what we call revealing, but it's not much. You go deeper and you start analyzing or looking at a person's actual kechas nefesh, not the body, the limbs and organs. So then you start seeing more. But someone will say, how much of the soul is expressed in your faculties? Only a part. As you continue to move, containers, at some point you come to a limit. The containers are revealing, but they're not totally revealing. They conceal more than they reveal. Or they conceal why they reveal. If you're able to enter into the energy itself level, like, you know, what does the neshama look like? You're able to recognize it. So now you're already getting into seeing the true uh, personality of a person. The same is true for that matter of every object. If you're able to start seeing the subatomic particles, the energy within it, you start seeing its real personality. But at the end of the day, even the energy in something is also confined to this item. So let's say the energy of Atsilas is still not Atsilas, like he explained. It's still after Atsimtum. So it's true that it's still, it's, it's a reflection. It's a Gileahela. You can't say, for example, that the soul's energy is not revealing a higher level of energy that's beyond the soul. That's why it's Gileahela. One second. But yet, if you compare it to the real source, it still has some limitations. So even if you're getting real, a revealing energy that's revealing much, until it's not revealing the whole picture, it's still not the total transparent channel. So basically what I just described is you could have a situation of total concealment or even distortion. You could have a little revelation, a little more, more, and more. And ultimately it says, Ikasvidasabihiris is a level that is not confined by anything. So to say that an artist is expressing himself in Chesed Gvura Teferis, yes, that's definitely revealing. It's not concealing. It's telling you it's, it's a piece of art. The Debrishter reveals himself through this creation that he created. Absolutely. Uh, that he reveals even higher levels of, of, of Gvul. Like you said, Eira Gvul, absolutely. You go all the way to the source, it reveals to you that the Ebersh has the power to create a world like ours. That means that just like this Chochm in this world, you have to say the Ebersh has Chochm. So it's called Chochm Balebe Chachm You can even come to that point. But ultimately, if you really want to know what's beyond the Ebersh's Chochm and Bina, what's beyond this piece of art, and what's beyond the source of this piece of art, there only Eira Bligvul really does that. Because Eira Bligvul just tells you the gili of the etzim itself, that, that, that's not limited or confined in any particular way. So at the end of the day, one second. So even though he said, that the you'll have 
in Havaya Latata, which means in the energy in the air as it manifests in Atsilis, that will become Alakim, which means you no longer have the Hester of Alakim, the concealer. Now it will be a revealer, Havaya is a revealer. But what will it reveal? Then it will reveal Havaya Delayla, that's even higher, like what he's calling here the Ere Ensef. But that too is number one, is manifesting through Havaya Delatata. And the revelation doesn't come from Havaya Delatata, from the lower level. It comes from above, like he said in the Kitsim, Mumaila. It just shines through. So, to say, for example, that the Asad Lavi, let's say the Asad Lavi, I spoke about the teacher, a student is able to understand the teacher's mind. Or your Neshama is revealed. So your Neshama is revealing even higher levels than the soul. But it's not that the Neshama is the higher levels. It's just transparent. The higher level is ultimately a higher level. And the Gili Etzem is ultimately uh, the place where the true transparency and true revealing and revelation takes place. That's briefly the record here. Which one? It's through our work that we refine, as we refine our existence and our containers, we become containers for all of this. So it definitely has to be a container? All is a container, I didn't say that. I said that for you to be able to receive it, you need to have be refined enough to receive it, or else it'll pass you by. I mean, how could... When, so, so my question is, what I want to ask you was, by the Neshama, you said how you could access certain levels of the Neshama. How could you... That, that's not the norm. How do you go in beyond that? Where you, like, where do you cross? Where's the crossover where you could really see the, the job, the deal of, How do you do it? I don't know if there's a one-place crossover. I think it's a process... It's a process, and what he's being speaking about, Aveda, it starts with Aveda, of a person. Aveda, of a person that he um, dedicates himself. You know, we go back to self-interest. As long as a person's self is the dominant force, he's not going to be a carry to anything outside of himself. If your cup is full, there's no room for anything else to go in. So for the cup to be able to receive, it has to be, a, the, the first side of everything is bitl. The more bitla a person has, the more they are able to receive those higher powers. That's the, the bottom line. That's the formula. It says the Ebishter, they, it says it says a balgaiva and the Ebishter cannot rest under one canopy. There's no room for two. So it's all up to what you what you receive. If you don't have the receiving element, it would be like someone singing to you a beautiful song, which has so much power to it, but you're busy uh, talking or you're busy. With whatever moving around, so the song is being played, but you can't hear it that's because you're busy with all your own sounds. That's my question. Let's say you're not busy, but you have no, you never heard that song, or you, you're, not, you're not songing fine. How could you get more? Uh, how you say? Uh, uh, how, how could you? I, I'm saying, saying you have to first establish that you're not busy. I don't agree necessarily. Busy doesn't busy doesn't busy doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, Busy means that you're distracted. You're busy with other things that don't allow this to flow in. So I think that's a big one because most of us are busy with other things. Our mind is in other places. People have all kinds of tigers, concerns. If you're saying if a person has nothing, no concerns, and just empty, and they're just this, then the question is what are they doing all day? You, know, you have to ask what they do. 
I mean, each person has to look at this themselves. I can't, there's no one one general, but briefly, the, the point is that um, that you have to be able to be receptive to more. So, um, what do you mean by not busy? Not being distracted. Right, that's what it means. Whatever, whatever it is. How could he be occasionally receive that? I just said, there was one word, bit more. You don't know, you don't know nothing. Let's say, you know, absolutely nothing. And so it comes and sings a beautiful song. So you hear the beautiful song, but you don't really can differentiate between some three songs. You don't understand. The question is, how do you... Uh, we have, thank God, we have a Taylor Mitzvah. There's, there's obligations every day what to do. To sit around and do nothing is also not. Well, the first step, as I said to you, is there could be no distractions. The less, the more distractions, the less you can receive. The second thing is what to do. The Taylor says, in the morning you wake up, you say Maidani. And then you brachas, and then you daven, or you learn chassidus first, however the order. If a person follows that, they're basically creating a keli of themselves. To hear the music. Now, obviously, if you just don't have anything, that's why we have chinuch. It's true. If there are no distractions, but you don't know how to listen to music because you don't understand it, it's also a problem. But problem, first problem is get rid of distractions. The second one is getting educated to appreciate what all this is. So we learn about Mashiach for the aha. So the more you learn about it, the more familiar you are. Once you're familiar, it becomes easier to relate to. The reason we don't see this is in order for us to be able to relate to Lukus. Gives us language. The more you learn it, the more you be able to, the more you're able to relate. So you're asking. I mean, the, the, it's basically the olive base of, of that. That's what we were given a tater for. God sent us to this world. We're distracted by many things. To get rid, we have to try to eliminate as much distraction and try to bring in kedusha, holiness. This is what creates a keli that makes you a keli for higher levels. Um, why two people, let's say, sitting in front of the rebbe or in front of a great teacher? One will come away and only know 5% what he said. Another one will hear 50%. It's two things, two main factors involved. How much they're distracted. If one of them was busy doing other things, or in his mind or somewhere else, he's only going to hear less. The second thing is how, how, how much education they have. The one who's learned more. The one who's prepared himself more. The one who's... Um, the one who's like more familiar with the ideas. One second. So let me just finish this point. So the second thing is you know, a person who learns more. I know myself when I heard learned the Mamarim, let's say, of that Shabbos, and then I heard the Rebbe speak. Because I was ready, I saw ideas that he was already speaking about, so it was easy to understand. So it's, so it's basically two things. To make a keli, you have to clean out the dirt and you have to pour something in. That's the bottom line. It's called Shuvitaton and Shuvila. So the first thing is you have to clean out and leave some emptiness, meaning I'm receptive. If you're filled with all kinds of other things and turbulence, you're not going to be receptive. And the second thing is you have to be acclimated. The more you're familiar, that's the whole point of the Eris and Kalim. That's how you build Kalim. Simple process. How does one educate their children? How does one educate students? One thing is you want to discipline them. They should be able to focus and not be distracted by other things. Another thing is you want to give them tools of how do you learn something. How do you read a piece of this? You learn a method. There's a method. To the madness, as they say. There's a uh, approach. And the more you develop it, the more you master it. Look, anything in this world, in science, in sports, in business, 
Nothing is, has happened by itself. Anyone that's an expert is because they, they, pay the, they pay their dues. You know, they pay their dues. What does dues mean? There was mistakes made. They learned from them. They grew. They were humbled. They experience. Experience cannot be transferred. You can't transfer experience to someone. You can tell them. If you work with an experienced person, you're going to learn a lot of shortcuts if you're listening. Because you'll see, hey, this person did it before me. You don't have to make the same mistake again. But real experience, you'll learn from that. But real experience comes with the time, with the dues you pay. To me, that in the language of Chassidus is refining our containers. That's refined keli. And that's something that cannot be given as a gift even. You can give a gift ahead of him, but you can't give somebody experience. And uh, as I said, there's the other aspect. There's the aspect of getting rid of distraction. And the other aspect is that type of experience. So overall, it's a training process. The training begins from the second you're born. With healthy parents, they help you develop healthy, uh, healthy routines. If unfortunately they have not situation that's healthy, it's, it gets harder because we may have very bad habits. Bad habits obviously block the process. So it's a training. Would you ask me simply, simply just like if you asked me if I was a teaching math uh, finance here, how do you master the art of? Obviously, I'm not talking about things that are unpredictable. There's, there's a, there are rules to the game, and you learn them through education and then through experience. You know, CPA. Someone just told me they became a CPA. It takes two years. They have to work under another account before they can get a license to accounting. And accounting is not medicine like life and death. Because the fact of the matter is, like just like a doctor, the doctors, the residences and all that, there's something which we call shimush. You could have, a dwarf could have all the ideas. Someone can learn, the biggest genius. He needs to have shimush. He needs to have experience working with another Rav who has experience. And not only experience in general, the truth is that in that specialty, you'll find Rabbonim will tell you, I'm not passing in the name of Kedushin. Dine Mominus, I could pass, I could, you know, Rav and Shmuel, and so on. Because his shimush could be he has the knowledge, he may have the knowledge, but the shimush is experience, is not in that area. And experience has the. What I'm saying is pretty basic, I'm just applying it. The same thing is to... The only thing is nobody has turned God into the same type of thing. that You need to be trained to understand God. But you do need to be trained. Now, of course, everybody's got... Amun Apshuta. We have all kinds of tools within us. To me, if I could put it briefly, Chassidus is a blueprint, is a training manual of appreciating Chassidus, godliness. It's a training manual that retrains how we think, how we speak, and how we act aligned. That's what it comes down to. Okay? And if you want more specific, as I've said several times, it's always good to have, move that away from there. Um, A good personal mashpia, we discussed this with. Because then you could customize it. It has to be customized. In general terms, we get the picture here. I mean, this too can be customized. Everything we're learning can be customized. Because at the end of the day, it's a model for life. That's what it comes down to. That's chassidus. Taylor in general, chassidus particularly. A model for life. And to retrain how we think, speak, and act. Aligned to the way the divine 
process, a divine method, as opposed to a human method. And uh, if it was taken seriously like that, then it's not just the equivalent. It's as good and better than any system out there. But people are going to school and spending millions and billions of dollars to train themselves. And what? It's mostly in how to use the hammers and the nails, not in how to think in a divine, real way. That's the sad part of it. So for all the courses out there and the degrees, you don't have anyone really getting degrees in what's called, what is, you know, in the soul medicine. Let's put it that way. We're learning soul medicine here. Which, of course, is the root of it all, because this is where happiness resides, and love, and all the most important components that no school can give. No school can guarantee someone they're going to have a happy life, or a loving life, or being able to fulfill their potential. Or the, the best good schools, Ivy League schools, can teach you, will give you the tools to make a lot of money. Business, law, medicine, whatever it may be. So, we have the best kept secret here. Absolutely. That's a key. It teaches you, first of all, to think, period. And then to think different. Not everybody thinks also. Remember that. Most of us do not think. We're a product of our routines and habits. I think it was Gandhi that once said a very good point. He said, be careful uh, how you act. Because how you act becomes your habit. Be careful of your habits, because how your habits will become your routines. Be careful of your routines, because your routines will become your choices. Be careful of your choices, because your choices will become your perspective. And then be careful of your perspective, because your perspective will become you. I mean, that's not exact, exact words, but that's the idea. So we work, that we become the other way around. Instead of you determining what the rest should be, it's your habits and your culture and the things that we become easy and easy for us to do that shape who we are. And then the real you is who knows where. As I mentioned, look at little children and you can see right away what the real person is like. They're always moving, they're always restless, they're always exploring, they're always excited. You know, tell me the first time you hear a child says, I'm bored. When they hear from adults, you never hear, I mean, even children, one year old, they will never be bored. They always have something to do. The bored is when they start seeing a world of adults doing all kinds of things, and now the child says, "I'm bored because I don't can't do what you're doing," or you know. But anyway, b- bottom line is that uh, we've got a way to go. So we're up to now. So as I said, we climb the ladder of behirus, which means getting into what is real. I basically, if I sum it up in simple English. How much is revealed and how much is concealed. And he's gotten to the point where only Eir Abligvul, meaning the air higher than Atsilas. What he calls here Etzim HaKeser. The lower level of Keser, he said, um, what was the expression? What was the expression Etzim HaKeser? I'm not imagining it that I know. <laughs> yeah. The kitchen has it. The kitchen has it. Okay, 
maybe it was only in the kitzur. Yeah, yeah, that's my kitzur bechinun said. So Yeshlem, he said like this. So the way Eirevatzilus. Let me let me let me read backtrack. In Atzilus, the letters or the stones or the spheres, the kalim, are like written letters, and written letters are additional component. So they reveal, but they also conceal. And in two ways: number one, they conceal the the core essence, of course, and even the idea that they're conveying is also in a concealed state. In the letters of Kesser. And the kalim of Kesser are only reveal or uh, conceal the core source, but they what they reveal is total revelation. Then he says that even the core source is also revealed somewhat through through those kalim, because when you are that close, when it's like engraved within the stone, it's also a revelation of the stone itself, or like what he called etzema er. They said at the end of the day, it's still. He doesn't say that, but you could say Arich and Atik. Depends on the highest level. There's no Kalim, yeah. In Atik, there's, no there's also Kalim. You could say in the highest levels of Atik. It depends which Mimer you look at. I just told you. Another Mimer here, we just said there's Kalim and Kesa, so. It's also clearly. Right. So which is clearer is clearer by you? Or maybe in Attic itself, there's two levels. I told you. So you'll see my mom that says in Attic there's also Kalim, and then it says some places. It's all it's relative. Um, so that's a second. But once I'm reading, let's read what it says here. She says right in the middle of the page. She says Al Kain Shamu Ikadina Behirishem Shabikalim Shemikalim Etzem Eir Kameshu Ach Bchinas Hakalim Shabikasir Yeshleim. That when you say there's Kalim and Kesed, you're talking about the ten spheres as their house. Kesed is a source, Shedish and Solom is the root of the ten of Pnimi. The Bchin Zed and Sof is Bligvul, and Shaykhina Kalim. And their Behirus is only air. So here's where he says this is level of Atik. So he doesn't say the word Arich, but you could say that according to this, it's the so called outer Kesed and inner Kesed, which is usually Arich and Atik. And Atik, he says clearly, there he says only the air. So that's... That's consistent. Yeah. I'm just saying to you that sometimes it says in Atik there's also Kalim. It's the lower levels of Atik. Depends where you speak. If you remember earlier, we said that one of the interpretations of Yatsik Shemen, when he poured the oil, Shemen was the Gimel Roshayinus of Atik that he's pouring on the stone. Which would mean the stone would be the Kalim that are below those higher levels. Yeah. Generally speaking, in microcosm, macrocosm, when you say Kesser of Atsilis, in the macrocosm, that's the, like the Erlifniat Simpson. So Kesser in general is like the levels of that are higher than the spheres and the structure of Atsilis. Generally speaking, when you speak in general terms, you say Bria, Asiya, Yitzira, Bria, Atsilis, four worlds. And then there's the fifth level, which is Elimus Ainsef. You'll hear that expression. So what's Elimus Ainsef? That's everything higher than Atzilus. In the Nefesh, it's, uh, you say, the Nefesh Ruach, Neshama Chai Yechida. Yechida is El Mesein Sof. That's everything above Atzilus, starting from Kesser, going all the way back. When you break that down, 
You have the macrocosm, macrocosm. You have also Atzilus the Klolus, and you have Bria the Klolus, and you have Sir the Klolus. You know, I've spelled this out many, many times. And uh, then, you're talking much broader. Then Ak is usually the Kesser Klali, or sometimes Ak is considered Arich of the whole Seydeshtalshlis, and Atik of the whole Seydeshtalshlis is Kein, uh, right by the beginning of the Kav, where it says in Eitzchayim. So, but, but, but in all practical terms, it's the same ideas, just on a different level. And this actually repeats many times. You could say infinite times. But we need to have something to talk about, so we define it in this type of structure. There's generally four or five levels. Is usually how the whole picture works. As I said, Bria, Atzilus, and now it's above Atzilus. That's how he's speaking here. But you could apply it. You see, he keeps going back and forth. Sometimes he speaks Kesed, then he goes back to Lifni Atzimtzum. Shir The ten hidden spheres. So also in ten hidden spheres before the Tzimtzum, you could also say, Bedaka is the same thing. There's how they're the root of Gvul, of, er, of Kalim, the letters. There's the root of the Eir HaGvul, the energies that are defined. There's the Eir HaBligvul, which would be like the Kesa that we're speaking here. And then there's even higher than that. So it could all be uh, transferred, the same ideas, obviously in far different level. I've discussed the distinctions, because there it's all in God's so-called mind, or God's plan. After the symptoms it begins to begin to real, be a real reality. Not a tangible one, but a, 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 a substance. It's already... The art is beginning to flow, so to speak. So anyway, so so he says, so that's what he says, that's real behirus, therefore, is not even in the kalim of Atzillus, kalim of Ak, I'm sorry, of Keser, it's in the air of, and that's the higher level of Keser, when the, the Kitsuri calls Etzema Keser. That's where I saw it, right? In the Keser. Yeah, he says, you see, that's a makasa bechinus air. It looks more like Atik, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the point is that he wants to say it's an etzim. I mean, different words. It just wants to say an etzim. It wants to say here that it's revealing the etzim. So, so we're talking now, we're at the point now where the revelation has come that it's just revealing the source. He goes back to everything we've learned earlier, that the fundamentally two types of energies that flow out of the divine. One is Gili HaEtzem, one is Eir HaBligvul. Its role is just to express what the source wants. Or you could say, express the source. Even. And there's another that's an energy that is directed towards um, shaping and crafting what the source wants. Two different types of energies. Obviously, they intertwine. They both come from the same source, but there's a point where each one is like has a different so-called function. One will become Seviv Kalman, and one will become a Malak Kalman. One will become the Makifim in our lives, and one will become the Primim in our lives. So, for example, when you put on a Talus cotton or Talus, you have the Makif, the garment, is a Makif. The Tzitzis is a Primi. When you sit in a Sukkah, you're surrounded. The Dalad Minim, the four species, is a Primi. So everything in Judaism, every, every behavior we have has a makif and a primi. These are rooted in order to teach us two lessons. One, the, teaching us really bitl. Bligvul really brings out bitl in a person. Because it's not about you, it's about what the source wants. And the second is... That, no, that's makif. That's makif, what he yeah. wants. What the, what the divine... The Ratzon Elyon. That's exactly, nothing specific. That's the makif. 
And the so what the Arab League will bring out from us, elicits from us or little you know, like we say, you haven't said what mitzvah it is yet. You're just saying you've sanctified us with your mitzvahs. It's a very, it's a transcendent energy. And then the pnimi within is what God wants, how it wants to be manifest in a specific way. Do it through this mitzvah, not this mitzvah. Do it this day, tomorrow. That's you're permeating the defined structure of existence with transcendence that's beyond existence. That's really the basic two functions. We've looked at this before, and just I'm just spelling it out. So, when you want clarity, revelation, revealing, where is Behirus, real Behirus, is in the Er HaBligvul now we've gotten. There is levels of it also in Er HaGvul, and in the Kalim, and even in the Chachanis Kalim, outer Kalim. But the real nature of it, in its purest form, is in the Bligvul. On, on the other hand, where do you have real number? Spheris as number, as structure. You have it, of course, more in the structural. Now, the same word sphere has both meanings. So that's where the interface comes into play. So everything is meant to be a combination of these two forces, of gvul and bligvul. But one of these same definitions that he's he, he talking about, like he, he applies to er. In other words, the whole idea of what we were saying was the icy is that it's... it's you know, the idea how to come, you even said, even though it's a oh, you see, even it's a Megala, whatever, it's still really the same thing, really the thing itself. Right? And here he, 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 he's just going straight in and saying the same thing, Two people can be listening to the same teacher, and one person only gets five percent, one person gets seventy percent. How do you explain that? Is that is that the same thing? The revelation of this person's five percent is the same as the revelation of that person's seventy percent. Not right. So when you're speaking about the five percent, yes, he's talking about what's being revealed in the five percent, but it's not the seventy percent or the hundred percent. So it's not just transfer. One one conceals also. When someone gets, look, what you're clear about, you're clear about. But what you're not clear about is, is even more than what you're clear about. And in Abligvul, everything is clear because it's a complete transparent channel. Just think about it in a in practical way. You can have uh, something flowing through a pipe, and then it channels to different people. One person has a very narrow pipe, so they only get a little. Another one has a very wide pipe, so they get a lot. It's not, it's not the same thing. So he began by saying that the one with the little pipe also gets something. And then with the bigger pipe, you get more. So it's a big difference. He's not just transferring the same ideas. It's a very big difference. Written letters and engraved letters are not the same thing, even though written letters also reveal. You really have to go through here to understand slowly that there's different levels of revelation. And it's not all the same thing. It's very, very different. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, but usually you say, oh, it is megala. The, 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 oh, it is not masa. The problem with you bring, when you say usually, what do you mean usually? Usually how you think about it on a daily basis? What do you mean by usually? No, when, you, when you talk, when, you, when you talk about oh. Well, here's chassidus. So, you tell me, which chassidus you're talking about? The Rebbe Rashab knows his chassidus. So you're talking about your perception of what you've learned in the past, you should say. Maybe you should go back and see if Taka says that. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe when you learn a little closer, you realize that what you learned is not exactly... So that we, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying to you, say usually, that sounds like you know you really got it mastered, and now this contradicts. I would probably submit that this is probably more accurate, and maybe your usually is a little off. <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? 
No, I, I know everybody's gone through this this table. I, no, no, I, I don't want to come across. I'm not coming. I don't want to come across as the master or the one that's giving you. What I just said to you is the most key thing in learning this. You can knock out all the usualies. That is the first thing. So, um, let me ask you something. You ever see a keli of Atzilus before? You see a keli of Bria? No, tell me, what, how would you distinguish between a keli of Bria and an air of Bria? To us, they're both air. They're both concepts, right? So what's a keli? Here's a cup and here's some water. May I use this as a demonstration? Yeah. So the water and cup are very clearly two distinct entities. Tell me how that works in a Ruchnizdika world. Ruchnis is they're both Ruchnis. The Kelim are Ruchnim and the Geiris are Ruchnim. See what I'm saying? So you have to first re- review what means Kelim and Eir on those levels. And then you'll realize, yes, every Kelim is an Eir. Of course it's an Eir in the sense that it's Ruchnistic. But, com- but, but if you think of it in terms of what its role is, its role is very similar to this role. A Kelim and Atzilis is not a physical container like a barrel or a pot. It's a, uh, an expression of an identity. And the A is, is an expression of what God wants. That's the key difference. This is usually not taught to us. When you get to understand this, you begin to relate to more of what I'm saying here. Look, this has to be learned very seriously and like, uh, and not just words. Because in Shulchan Aruch, when you learn the Lama Tess even if you don't get the whole depth of it, bottom line is you know you're not allowed to cook, you're not allowed to sew, you're not allowed to take some, carry something, etc. It's, it's tangible. It's, it's about tangible reality. That's why he says in in Raya Mehemna and Zeya that Alter Rebbe and Simichavov and I guess the Kedush that Nigla is is Eitz Hadas. How could you call Eitz Hadas Tevera? What Nigla is Ra? But it talks about Tevera. It talks about a world like ours, so we can relate to it. Yes, it has brilliant wisdom to understand what God wants us to do with this world. But what does it talk about? It talks about Tainashal, Emes Veshekar, Reuven and Shimon. They have an argument. It's about daily life. And it tells us what God wants us to do with our daily lives and, what, and how to be moral and ethical and all the laws. See, this is a complete different world. You're not talking about anything you attend that you know. That would be like my, again, one of my first introductions. You're talking about reality that you don't know. Atzillus is you have no sample for Atzillus in this world. You have no example of Bria, Eris and Kalim, Tzimtzum. There's not one thing here that you can say I, I can relate to. So the whole thing is a Chiddush. But we learn it like we learn Lamatas Malachas. We learn it like, okay, there's ten spheres, great, now I know there's ten spheres. And, you, and, and at some point that becomes your routine. And then you, this becomes your perspective and all that. And you suddenly, some people, I know people who, who know this very well. They'll tell you exactly everything. They can answer stiris. They say in this maimed it says this, this maimed it says. Like you say, Atik it says kalim, no kalim. I'll say, but in the third maimed it says Atik has kalim and this one has no kalim. And then you ask them, what are, what are kalim? They may not know how to answer it. But they have it all mathematically figured out. They know where the kav is and the tzimtzum and the different opinions because chassidus requires a different type of mindset. You're not learning here technical facts. The technical facts are almost meaningless. They're, they're meaningful because they're, they're there. The meaningfulness is the real what meaning is what is a lakus. And how does that lakus manifest? That's a whole different language. What is godliness? And what's an air? And what is a keli? What is its role? And then finding examples. That's why you find all the examples. This, requires, this is abstract thinking. It's not about the tangible. 
As soon as someone asks you, where is love? Where are our ideas? Tell me, does that not like, throw you a little? It's far easier to say where the, where the ketchup is and, the, and where the milk is. Right? And where the milk is sink and flesh is sink. But if someone asks you, where, are, where is love and where are our ideas? You start thinking, okay, it's a good question. Where are they? They're not in your heart only. I mean, your love, it's everywhere. It forces you to think outside of the box, out of the box of time and space. And that, what most people are uncomfortable doing because it's not tangible. You start saying, okay, I'm, I'm not a philosopher. But uh, it's not about philosophy, it's about reality. The real, real you is shaped by things that are impossible to see or hear or taste or touch. Now some people will say, I'm not interested in that, I, I'm interested in the tangible world. Give me a per dollar, you know, something I can touch. Into. If someone is in that place, I don't think they can really learn this. They won't get it. There's no way. Chassidus doesn't talk about anything that's tangible. There's not one thing that's tangible. I mean, tangible like in like, you know, take a piece of a piece of steak and eat it. Now, there's plenty of pleasure here. You look Chassidus is pleasure, but the pleasure is not in a tangible thing. It's about understanding what makes things tick. Animals are not charged to look Chassidus because they won't get it, and they're not interested in a world that's outside of their own. So the first clause to this is yes, you have to be interested in something beyond yourself and your self-interest. 100%. No way you can get this without that. question is how high you can climb. Anyway, I think it's perfectly fine to keep going back to this. I mean, it's not, rep- it's not repeating. It's This is the key. At the end of the day, this is the key to the whole learning process. Agreed? It's the whole thing. And when you see it this way, the chassidus can do wonders. You start seeing things very differently. You said a very interesting thing. You said you're you're shaped by things that are outside of your your existence. I thought a person is mostly shaped by his his environment, his surroundings, what he grew up in. These are all things that are... But they're also outside. They're not not the you. It's not your neshama. It's the forces... these are outside forces at the end of the day. Because the best proof is they can cultivate something that's completely not aligned with you. If parents decide that they want their child to be a musician or a doctor, and the child is not shaykh to that, that's an example. I mean, that's a, a horrible example. A good, see, good healthy chinuch, good healthy parenting is really about one thing. It's nurturing the seed your parents plant a seed in the ground is not the parents. This is a new seed that's growing. A good gardener, what does a good gardener do? He doesn't take the seed and start manipulating it or start doing things to it. He pours water, he waters it, he nurtures it, he gets rid of weeds, and he lets it grow. This is the typical example. Basilagani. Everything, exactly. He does all everything to create an environment that's nurturing. The seed will then do what it has to do. God gave it everything it needs. Now think of the opposite of a bad gardener or someone who neglects. So the seed starts growing, there's weeds, and this starts eating at it, and this attacks it, and this and this. There's no water, it's dry, it's hungry, it's thirsty. That's exactly the point. So that's what I meant outside. Now outside forces could help cultivate that and bring it out, or could help undermine it and, 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 and lock it up. Now God made it that way. You know, he could have made it in a way that you could just be a seed in the ground and just on your own. 
Because he made it Timo. He gave parents that power to nurture or not nurture. Because he wanted Ashutif, like Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's part of Ashlichus. Because he didn't want to make it that's automatic. He wanted us to contribute. And yeah, parents can destroy a child and parents can bring up a beautiful child. Is anyone destroyed? Look, I've seen situations where children had the worst garden and no one watered and nothing. And still the Nisham is still intact. Let's not forget that. The Nisham is always, soul is always intact. But it's far harder to become, after 20 years, a tree grew up and it's all twisted and turned and full of weeds. It's far harder to, to do, start then. It's far easier to begin. That's why you want to start early. But it's never, it's never hopeless. There's no such thing as damaged goods. Even, even the worst parents cannot destroy a human being. They can destroy a lot and make a lot of difficulties. But there's no such thing as impossible. Because at the end of the day, number one is the soul itself always remains intact. Number two, as I said, I think yesterday, you can always go back to the engineering room. Remember, there's, it can just help you change a few wires. But that, obviously, you don't do in last, last resort to do that. But um, that's real truth, actually. So let's continue. Ah. You bet. But to t- teach people that is not so easy. Because you see, not only do they have self-interest, they also have determined what they think is their real self-interest. That's the bigger problem. Self-interest itself is, is, is you know, is, uh, can be a healthy force. It's like a healthy ego, a healthy self-confidence. The problem is when you determine what you think is going to feed your self-interest. That's why the Elim Yasek and that's why we say start doing Torah Mitzvah because do it for yourself, meaning, but do it the right thing, and slowly you'll come to learn to do it for the right reasons, for the better reasons. <clears throat> okay, so continuing to chapter 122, so we've determined that Behirus now is Be'ikir B'chines Ereshel Amayelamatzilus. And it's true, so who asked the question of the day? The truth is you could stop in one line in Ayin Beis and just cover it and just spend the rest of your life just figuring out how to get to that level. The Rebbe Rashab is taking us all the way now to higher than Atzilus. So you could say, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I haven't even gotten to Asiyah Ruchnis. Why are you taking me to higher than Atzilus? So, yeah. No, the answer is twofold. Number one, it's important to know where the destination is. You know, when you buy a car, even if you're never going to press the gas all the way, they tell you it's going to reach up to 170 miles an hour in 30 seconds. No one's ever going to do that. But you want to know what you're capable of. You know, it feels good. But more than feeling good, it's a standard. It means this is, this is a standard here. So, now, As the Dalta Rebbe once said, that the Chassidus teaches how small you are and how great you can become. So some people know how great they can become, but they don't know how small they are. So they can delude themselves thinking I'm already there or close. You know, not abyssal. Then there are people who know how small they are but they don't know how great they can become. So they're constantly knocking themselves. You need both. When you teach even a beginner student art or music, you show them the most beautiful piece of art ever created. You, sh- you play for them the most beautiful music ever played. They may never reach there, but they have a backdrop. They have a standard. It's called you juxtapose, like having a perfect circle in the backdrop. So when you create your circle, you can see at least you know, if you don't have a standard, then you can create your own diluted standard and think you're, you're 90% there. So that's Kedem call to know the picture. Number two, which I think is even more important, every one of these levels is accessible right now to each one of us. 
There's no way not. Tehidah is Melosh Nehirah. The Rebbe says, you learn something, it has to have a shaykhus. I am not, I'm a nasi of what are you telling me about Lamayla Matzilis? The answer is, Bedakus, Me'ain, you can find this, these levels within yourself. No question about it. Because it's all within you anyway. So it's a question relative to you. Yes, your Lamayla Matzilis may be someone else's Asiyah Khumri, but it doesn't matter. At least it's, uh, compared to you, it's that type of level. Because it's about personalizing it. Ultimately, this really comes down to, I would say, how would I would interpret this on our level. More or less right now, it's probably about how much um, how much we think we really know and how much we don't know. You know, the, acknowledging that. Like the Milam Atzillus is more of understanding that we're not on that level. Atzillus is more what we do, what we do relate to. Another aspect of it is when anytime you give up something of your comfort zone, you're getting a gilly of the Milam Atzillus. So you see, you could translate this into, into, into your world. Because ultimately, if you want true revelation to true clarity, you have to give something away. You have to give up your, your, your perspective on it. I'm just trying to show that you can, all these levels can be translated to us on a daily basis. This is already beyond, not necessarily beyond the scope. I'd be happy to do it. And maybe I do it from time to time. And uh, some of my summaries are about that. How do you apply it? It's ultimately trying to understand how this model works where you are. So right now it's about what we've been discussing is how how much we know, how, how clear something is, how transparent something is. Um, there's a lot of examples that you can use for this. I'll give you another example. Communication. So, you know, most of us don't really have someone to talk to uh, from the heart as a, you know, complete trust. People can't even speak to their spouses that way. Because there's things in our heart that we don't reveal. We're ashamed. Or we're just not used to communicating. Some people just don't know how to communicate. So they just carry things, you know. My, coming from Russian parents, what they call emotional constipation, whatever. But basically, it was almost like the older generation thought of as some type of mitzvah to keep everything to yourself. To the extremes, you know, like even to the point like, uh, we're going out tonight. We don't say it's not no one's business. Like, what difference does it make? And uh, and especially painful things, you know. My grandmother, I remember my mother. I mean, I, you saw I saw it all the time. They never talked about. It was almost like you don't talk about your pain. You don't talk about what hurts you because it's not going to help. Or you have to be strong and just fight on, whatever the reasons are. And I'm, there's always, obviously, there's also the other extreme. There's emotional diarrhea. <laughs> People who just don't stop talking. <laughs> Pardon the expression. Yeah. There you go. The Russian, the Russian, the Cold War is still on. <laughs> yeah. You have a, okay, exactly. They don't want to stop speaking. But the Russians, you're so right. It's like. Yeah, you know. Yeah. First of all, don't. Remember, it's, it's also cultural. After years and years, I see the same thing in South Africa, by the way, in a different way because of apartheid. They don't challenge authority. They like respect rabbis, like not like in America. That's why I was shocked when I went to South Africa the first time and I got respect. I was like surprised that they respect rabbis. I said. Yeah, they live with shit, but there's also that element. They, they have authority. For example, Australians, it's the opposite. Australians, they're cowboys. Because Australians, you know, it's called the, what do they call the fatal shore. 
Australia was built, the white community were, 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 were prisoners. <laughs> they were criminals. So, so they're also their accent. Australian accent is very defiant, and the South African accent is very, very, uh, um, very, yes, submissive, exactly. Anyway, but, but uh, so the Russians, uh, I think it's part of the culture, but it's also, I guess it's, uh, so here we have the other extreme. We have the people who don't stop talking. And once they, once they break the silence, you know the joke. The guy comes to the Galach, the Jew comes to the priest and says to the priest, just confessing his sins. So the priest says to him, uh, I'm very impressed that you finally realized we had to come to confess, you know. The Jew says, don't take it personally, I'm telling everybody. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> right, exactly. South Africans, I know, I'm Right. I mean, I have a South African wife. Right. Okay, but your wife is unique. Oh. <laughs> I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a priest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks every for every rule there's exceptions. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, the She's a defiant South African. Defiant, like, the, okay. The Remember, not everything cultural affects people. There are also other factors. For example, people who go through have suffered, who gone through darkness. It usually brings out a other dimension that's not so culturally impacted because they had to survive. I just read a very horrifying line. It just just struck me. Someone said to they say, you know, damaged people are very dangerous because they know they could survive. Wow. Isn't that no? <laughs> that means there's like you know. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, the point I'm making here is they ever got to the bottom of it? A mental illness what? Who knows? She's dead now. It's not the only reason. Then you'd have a lot more. Based on the lack of God, you should have shootings every day. Not <laughs> from a few other factors. I didn't say it's not a factor, but it's not the only factor. No, no, so, so, so what, why was I saying? No, I'm saying it to what we're talking about. Um, and I can tell you personally, not so much personally for me, thank God, but what I've witnessed and spoken to people. For some people, breaking the silence of pain and so on is the healthiest thing possible because it's like think of it like a kettle that's boiling water and boils and boils and there's no spout there's no release what happens so it explodes but when the psychology it's psyche it implodes it's exploding all the time inside of you so like they say a very harsh expression but they say the silence was worse than the rape because when there's a crime perpetrated okay there's a crime and I'm angry and if you're not allowed to be angry, and they tell you nothing happened, or, no, no, it was your fault, or there's a cover-up, you imagined it, then the crime is far worse. Because they're telling you, even your re- it's like someone getting caught, and saying, no, you're not caught, you're not hurting, it's Baba it's not true. Then what happens, you don't even have the confidence in your tools to cry, and to say something was wrong. And then you get a little older, and as you go into an adult, and you start realizing, one second, am I right? Am I right? You can't even trust your instincts, because you were always told you were wrong, when you weren't wrong, you were right. So bottom line is, what happens is the silence, that's why I'd rather someone err on the error of more emotional expression than less. Even though I also think it can become very selfish, because once people break their silence, and this I also see, they say, listen, 20 years, no one took care of me, and now I'm going to take care of myself. And they become extremely self-absorbed. 
So I understand there's a need for that. Listen, it has to balance out. They have to build up. You have to. Everything is balanced. Just like the other extreme is not good. That's also not good. But you can't criticize it because you know where it's coming from. Someone didn't drink water for 20 years and it's only drinking, 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 drinking. Yeah, you tell them you're going to die from too, too much drinking. But they have to do something to compensate. My point that I'm trying to make here is that um, talking about... I was applying actually this to... So he talks here levels of revelation. So Caleb conceal a bit and they reveal. Then you get all the way to Ed HaBligvul and that's complete revelation. Now if we just saw that we would not be able to exist. Okay, that may be even higher, the Etzim. But bottom line is, you can't get there. Nevertheless, he's telling us about this. Why? Because in, our, in life, every one of us has to have a time where you're just, your Etzim is just being revealed. It doesn't have to be every day necessarily. So most of our lives live in the world of Kalim and Eris Natsilis. You know, there's a Kali and a Eir. There's a balance. But at times, like when I see the Rebbe, I see the Rebbe, I'm Purim, Simchis Kipper, you saw there was a gili mina etzem. You saw there was a higher gili, and and so on. So I think a good way to apply this to each of us is there, like I said, communication. How many of us really can speak gili etzem? How much is your eir habligvul really radiating? Very very little. Who do you have to speak to really on that level? Most of us are functioning on a not eir zikelim etzilus altogether. I think it's it's basically kelim of asiyah chumris, like I said, with a little eir here and there, but. The point is that this you could make this into a model of where do you stand, and at times you have to have an, a type of more of a revelation from a deeper place that has no kalim and no ACS even, no words. The only thing they have is, I mean, I, I think the only thing they have is Dalvin. We don't have any like practical. I would love to have an hour a day with. Them. I'll give you. Davening. I don't listen. I don't know. I've I've not met many people, if at all, that know how to daven. Lip service, I know people who have PhDs in that. Uh, they, you know, they know how to do it fast. Like one guy told me I was able to knock off a shachris in nine minutes without missing a word. And that, he thought that was an accomplishment. I saw it like a tragedy. Uh, but okay, but he can do it. Or like the, the, what's, the, what's the record for reading the Megillah? Huh? Okay, it's like a little less than making a matzah. <laughs> Let's uh, put it in context. <laughs> so my point I'm making here is like, okay, live, we live in a fast food age. So that's Bechal not davening. If you want to start with davening, and trust me, it's a lost start in my opinion. Davening is not just uh, opening up a siddur and putting on film and talus. Davening is a Veda Shebelev. That's the way the Gemara categorizes. Veda Shebelev. So let's start talking about what means emotional work. Not so simple. You got to really know how to do that. You got to be trained to do that. Um, my point that I'm making here is that davening in the measure says there's ten names for tefillah. What does davening even mean? And a few of them are all connected to song, shira, zimra, and so on. So I think a song is a very good example of what I'm talking about. Why do we need to sing? Why do we need to hear a song from time to time? Because there's an expression of that that's higher than kalim. It's higher than asius. You know, the Rebbe even spoke about a nigan with Aces and nigan without Aces. So you could say, I'm trying to apply these ideas to where we are. I'm not just trying to have a talk about general... I'm speaking about Ayin Bez right now. I'm not just going off on a tangent. Like a song with words, you can say, are like Kalim of Keser. A song without words is maybe the Eir of Keser without the Kalim. I'm just using an example. Why? Because song touches a place that's far more revealing and much more raw 
and uh, and uh, naked in a way than words do. When you sing a song, when you hear a song, it's a far deeper expression. Why do we need it? Because that's one of the ways we elevate ourselves to a greater place. I'm just giving some examples. So I think why Chassidim would sing, you hear the songs that some people know, the tunes that Rebbe Rashab would use when he daven, different tefillahs, even daily tefillahs. They always use song in tefillah because that was the tool to get to an emotional place. It wasn't just tzuzungin, you know, that was because it was the actual tool, like zmiris and Shabbos. Again, I'm not talking about mechanical lip service zmiris, you know. Like one guy told me that we always sing the same Friday night song, that's why I finally decided to leave Shabbos altogether. He couldn't stand that song itself became mechanical, you know. So maybe change your repertoire from time to time, different nagun. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on the table, every Shabbos, is, they, bring the, they bring the fish, okay, now we sing. Spontaneous dancing, it's called, at 9 o'clock. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so point being, that, th- that I'm trying to point out the examples of that we could all use from time to time, Ashtikal Eir from Lamayla Mikhailim, that's the bottom line. And that's far pure. But you can't live that way. You can't live all day. You have to bring it back down into the world of Kaelin. So you want to sing as Nigan? Uh, he wants Mashka. That's what he wants. I see he's always holding the cup there. Waiting to be poured. <laughs> the Russian. Maybe it's connected, by the way. The Mashka, the Nish Reden, could be Habba They relax a little. He said he sang the song with the monks. No? The solution to constipation is <laughs> That's a that's the American solution. <laughs> what time is it? Right? Are we going to run today? Okay. But did everyone relate to this example I gave? So I think you could look at your life and you could find places where you're more in Kalim and out of Kalim. Mefarez game from the Kalim, Amal. That's the bottom line. That's Mefarez game from the Kalim. That's what the point is. Oh, that's a good way. Arez from the Kalim. Because you have to come back, too. I don't know. He wants a yoga class. No, he has something. The, no, what's up, son? Right. I come from the other side. Right. The other side. I'm not arguing with you. No one's arguing with you. We meditated with this and that and that. No, no. Yeah, but one second, one second. Um, do you ever sing? I'm a, I'm a lady. I can't carry a tune. I don't appreciate music except on young people. I didn't say sing to others, to yourself. Do you ever listen? Do you ever listen to singing? Just music? Well, yeah, the, so I'm telling you that you better start doing no, that. Not too much. I'm stuck in my Ah, so that's here. So you have an easy, easy solution for you. Is it about me? No. <laughs> you got. You got to. You got to. Uh, you got to. You got to un, unwind yourself, my friend. You've been so tightened by this halachic uh, Judaism. You got to. You got to unwind a little, and maybe just lock yourself in a room, put on loud music. And just dance with free abandon. I came from the sixties. Just trying to bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what I said that was one, not, not nothing. Usher and halacha. No, seriously. I, I, you, you described the problem. I gave you the solution. That's what you need, my friend. There's not going to be. You want a trick that's going to work with your love brain also, a comfort zone of your love brain. Maybe that's that's maybe not what you need. 
The question is whether you could listen to advice like that and maybe go out of your self. That's not a good sign. I that's I'm not talking about whether you can sing. That's a technical thing. I told you whether you listen. Said, your ears also can hear music. I think Okay, Mesh is gonna take you take him to some concert. Eight day? I was I was gonna suggest Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring you back to the 60s, but I'm trying to say that whatever soul you locked up after you left the 60s maybe needs to be released again. No, I understand why you lock it up because because it could also be like a wild animal. No, no, you simply need to harness your animal. You can't keep it in a cage the rest of your life. What did Efraim Prokarski say when he came to a hotel? He says, they asked him, "What did you accomplish?" He says, "I turned the jungle into a zoo." I don't know if he actually did that, but that's a. That's. <laughs> um, no, so no, yeah. Anyway, we could focus on this more for time, but yeah, yeah. No, but that, your frustration is, is, I think, far easier to resolve than many of our others because it's quite tangible. <laughs> no, what you just said, you you just described it. You locked off a whole part. The music is not touching you. Who cares whether you can sing or not? Because you can't sing, that's where you can't hear. Your ears also. If you like Chassidus, you have to like Nagina. There's no way. It's like the Rebbeim said. Nagina and Chassidus go hand in hand. So you just need a chaver to sit down with you and just a little have a little Chassidus of fun. That's what you need. Too tight. Did you get a massage lately? Huh? Maybe you need a chiropractor. Whatever they do. I mean, like, you know, loosen up. You're probably very tight here, right? No. How do you know? I know, I can see. Ain't that some muscle? You can't feel It's like a. Yeah, okay. I'm not. Okay. I get a little thing. I'm telling you, it's a little bit from that. You have not seen my wild side. I'll take you for a trip one of these days. We'll have a little fun. Nothing, uh, nothing prohibited. Don't get scared. <laughs> It'll be a spiritual journey. He said he's missing the LSD. Well, there's plenty of other powers that are more powerful than that. That's right. Just tell you, if you can't, the song is can be just as powerful if you know how to use it. Not that I ever did LSD. I I've never had interest. But I could pretty much compete with a lot of people who did LSD with my own uh, resources, inner. Okay, maybe you, maybe you did get spoiled by to, by ingesting something, so you don't think you can generate it on your own. That's possible. There's no question. You, you, you're not the only one. Many people who've had a lot of that energy cut it off because they thought it's wild and inappropriate and it doesn't fit into the. That's why I think with Alchusidis. You'd be right. You no way. But chassidus is not. Chassidus is the is the alternative to that. But you have to then apply it. I understand exactly where you're coming from. <coughs> yeah, even some religious Jews, for example, in Israel, they said the the council, like a bonfire, 
is the wrong thing to go. So they said, so what? No, no, I'd love to see their lives. They, they don't see each I, I, the more news that's breaking lately from the religious worlds, you come to realize all these words that said, you have to see what's going on in their lives before they talk so much. There's probably far worse going on. I'm not saying I'm not going to go to the Rome Free concert. That's not the issue by me. Yeah, I don't think that um, the people that are coming out with prohibitions, but that are cloud, with the Rebbe Gizak and so on, he asked the Frederick Rebbe, he once gave Stoke by night. So someone came over to him and told him, uh, you know, by my, I can't, I, you don't give Zdokka Belayla. It's not Zlava's man's Zdokka. It says, you know, Zdokka is not by night. So he said to the Friedrich Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe said, that the person who told him probably by day also doesn't give. So all these, where it's coming from, we also answered that he separated. See the Yiddish Shemaim. There's far worse going on. But look, the from world lives in a, in a, in a cocoon of Chitzenius. Let's be honest. Chutzenius is all that matters there. I'm not saying there are there are definitely some that live in a more internal, but the general religious world is an external culture today. That's very strong, and that's how they want to keep it. And when things are piercing it by exposing stuff, that's the worst thing possible. Why why are they going crazy about that? Because it's, it's, it's by them the whole Jewish kind is the outer. The inner was like you know they don't. I the Yitzhak is doing who knows what behind the scenes. Doesn't matter as long as you dress a certain way and, and everything looks good. It's the it's this classic curse, the worst possible disease. We're complete chesenis. What the the Rebbe talks about rants and raves on in the haftarah from Shabbos Chazen. I don't need your tefillas. I don't need your korbanos. I don't need all this stuff. Zevach mesim. All that you know. There's strong issues there. Strong words there. The Rebbe doesn't say I want your mitzvahs and There he says I don't need it if you're gonna kill people. That's, it's a clutter, it's a clutter of tater. Now, we don't say that tater every day, but uh, it's, it's, it's the facts are there, and unfortunately. Yeah. You ever read the Maimon and the Maimon and Sefer Modemidish on, on the Aftater Zevach Mason, what it means, the story? But the guy that reads it. I translated actually in English recently. Very powerful. So it's, 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 you got to read it on your own. It's hard to, to say it. About, uh, yeah. So, what are we doing? We are? Okay, well, it's a story. The whole thing is amazing. Basically, the whole Maimon is a story from the Baal Shem Tov. What the year is it? Tov Shem Beis. When he's, the Maimonim came out, it's in print to save my Maimonim Middash. I'll show it to you afterwards. Where is it? Huh? Where is it? It's on, online. Uh, send me an email, I'll send you it. Okay, so let's read whatever, how far is it, but that's a, what yeah, time. Huh? So, chapter 122. We're just stating now that the greatest revelation, the greatest behirus, clarity and revealed and transparency is an Eir HaBlikvul. That's higher than Atzilus, higher than the structure. So, so he's asking a question. Agam and and though seemingly mashayich, how is it possible? How is it possible that's revealing something? 
It's all a core essential level. Revelation by definition is already going out of something. Going out of the core. So how does Shaykh say it? I'll translate in the words I just said. You know, we can talk about things that are on a surface level. I need food, I need drink. You can talk a little more about your emotional needs, intellectual needs. You can even talk about deeper things. But I said before, there's a time everybody needs to have a place to express your whole real you. Isn't that like a contradiction of terms? If it's the real you, it's beyond expression. I know that's the excuse of the Russians, but uh, they don't even express other things. But you could make the argument, expression itself, by definition, is already something, I need something, or I relate to something, it's words. It's true, nigan, a nigan can, can touch a place, but a nigan is not, is, is not really expression, a nigan is just singing. But the answer is obviously going to be that there is a way to express. So the question here is, the whole definition of the air before it's is that it's just a it's just a core reality. The whole revelation is when it starts becoming coming down. In other words, the teacher who's communicating to the students is already putting some something is there. There's some kalim. If there's no kalim, that maybe it's because it's a place that's beyond expression. So why are we suddenly using the word gili? Ananetzam, so to speak. Obviously, it's clear, built in, that he's going to show that there's gili of the etzem. And it's not etzem mamish. But based on the first line here, so you could say, you know what, you express through Caleb. Fine. A, a very great student is going to receive it with very sublime Caleb. Like the Caleb of Atzillus. What did we say before? Caleb of Atzillus are letters that are engraved. The letters, however, they are letters. It's a neichi Hashem However, they're so transparent that they give you the whole core idea, and they even give you a sense of the core source of said this idea, right? That's what we learned. Right? Both, you get two things. You get, like you said, you get the idea kamoishahu, and you also and the etzem as it is in the idea, and also the etzem of the air that's even outside of the idea. But when you're talking about a level that's outside of Kalim altogether, there's not even letters on the on the stone. So what's the Shaykh Gili? It's like saying, I'm giving you a, a flat stone, tablets, there's no letters on it, but it's a Gili. What Gili is it? In other words, seemingly Gili is in the domain of Kalim, as subtle as they are, but it's some type of Kalim. Now remember, you could immediately ask, answer, don't, didn't we learn that when God wants to eat the Er Kisama? God wraps himself in air like a shirt. So we see that air is already compared to the etzim. So obviously this is the beginning of the answer. But but you have to ask the question. I want to make the question a very important, critical question here. Because this is the challenge. This is now, where does... Okay, you, you led me all the way to Bligvul, Eda Bligvul. But where does Eda Bligvul meet with Gvul? If you're talking Kalim, that's Gili. If you're talking etzim, there's no Gili. What are you telling me? There's a gili in a place that's beyond gili, so to speak. That's really the core question here. Everybody gets that. It's very. Comp- this is a critical place, you know, where because we're going to come to understand real the real nature of air. Er. That air er is not kalim, but it's also not etzem. Remember, just like we learned the difference between ayin and yesh, there's a place between ayin and yesh. There's also a place between etzem and mitzias. Mitzias. And it's going to be it's going to be Gilead Etzim. That's the place in between. 
So it's built in Metzius Nimtza, manifesting in Metzius Nimtza. Where do we say that Aaron Seif is Megal Dover? Because the last chapter he explained that as soon as air is concealed somewhere in Atzilis, it already is not true behirus. It's not true illumination. So that's the, that's the, that the, the question is based on the read the last line of the previous chapter. Volcano That's what he was saying. In other words, the main behirus is so think of it like a bright stone, a very brilliant stone. It's shining. Then you engrave letters in it. So he said the letters, yes, they're, they're of the stone, and they, but they still somewhat sh- put a shadow on. Now he's saying the stone itself, that's real behirus. So he's saying now, Mashayach, you're talking, we're not talking about a stone, we're talking about area itself. He's going to add, I mean, it's like, he's, he says, L'chayr, agam l'chayr. I just wanted to emphasize what he's going to do here now. The answer is that there's garments also higher than Natsilis. So in other words, it's even though we just said it's higher than Kalim, that there is something there, some garments that are even higher than Atzilus. Like it says, that you have clothed yourself, you've put on, you've dressed yourself with Hoid and Hodr. The literal translation of Hoid and Hodr is beauty and splendor maybe, yeah. And then we say, you've wrapped your God wrapped, wrapped himself with light like a shirt, which we learned before in chapter Kufutes. Yeah. Very good. The eight to air who begins air had silas canal pede canal. What pede canal? Where do you say pede canal? Hmm. Pede canal was not so hanal. Yeah, I know, but he said pede canal. He didn't say the previous canal though, and he's going there, the one that we're talking about air. Would we talk about pede kufutes? It must have been the last. Yeah, right here, right here. By Yeah, a few lines. The previous chapter. That's why, man. Okay. So, Eta Eir is how God wraps himself in Eir. That's Eir of Atzilus. So, that's a Levush in Atzilus already. That's already Eir lower. So, if that's the case, when it says before, you have to say it's a higher level. That means it's in a level that's higher than Atzilus. So, what's the difference between and Eta Eir Kasalma? You know, it's not it's not redundant. So one is atzilus and one is before higher than atzilus. So now he's going to explain what that means. Then you do what the keser yesh begamkin is, but it's known that also keser has an inner and an outer. The chol air gam she'ein beis chalkus madreigis mukol mokum yesh because energy, even if without kalim, even though she'ein beis chalkus madreigis, you can't say that there's levels of energy. Yet, nevertheless, you could say there's inner and outer dimensions. That's the core energy and its extension. Like it says elsewhere. Let me explain what this means. Isn't that the same thing as saying it's chalkus? Why is he saying it has no chalkus, but it has primis chetzen? That's also it's chalkus. My understanding, and I have to really look into it more, but I'm almost sure this is what he means. You could say two things as chalkus two ways. 
you could say the Alter Rebbe in the Maimer Zecher Tufcha, which we learned a while back when we talked about numbers. So he says an interesting thing. He talks about Eir. He says, why do you use the Moshel of Eir and not Shefa? One of the reasons is because Shefa implies um, Etzim and Hishpashtus. What does that mean? The sun is here. Everyone knows it's in the sky. And then it radiates light outside of itself. So in physical space, the idea of something being in one place and giving off to another makes sense. But how does it work, for example, with the neshama? The neshama gives life to us. That's all in the same space. It's not the neshama is here and your body is here. Like the sun is radiating from hundreds of thousands of miles away, sending us heat and light and so on. And neshama doesn't send it from somewhere. Neshama is within you. So the difference would be, that would be like hispashtus. So something is one place and it's extends. It's like shining a flashlight or that's like more like shefa, relatively speaking. And neshama is more gilia helam. When neshama is, let's say, asleep, when you're asleep, the soul is not giving you so much energy. When you're awake, you have more energy. Okay, even when you're asleep, it's kistedich, you always have energy. But death, or before birth, or death, is a good example. The neshama was there, now it's not there. Not the neshama, it's not like the sun went, start set, or the sun left. The soul simply left in the sense where it's no longer revealing its energy. The truth is, we do say the neshama leaves, whatever that means. But the point I'm trying is that it's more... So, so when you say air, you're not trying to say is like his targets would be, okay, there's a bunch of steps. You know, I'm giving you a cup of water. You pour him a little. He pours you. Less, 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 less. Here he's saying air doesn't work that way. Air works more with primis and chansenis. It's either more inner or an outer. That's what means etzim and spastus. Not in, not in physical space and not in spiritual space. It's basically the same energy... So the question is, do you have more of it, or do you have less of it? Is it more, is it the inner energy or the outer energy? Whereas in Kalim, you can speak of far more in real levels, and say, you know, Chachma is higher, Chesed is next, etc., etc. Because remember, we also saw, remember we said about Chesed and Gvur. Gvur is not just diminished Chesed. They're fundamentally two different levels. In there he's saying there's no fundamentally two levels. All it is, is a matter of Primius or Chetzenius, of the air. So the Ispastus is the fact that there's light in the whole entire world when the sun's shining, whatever, wherever it's shining? Yeah, not here. Not here, means all in the same area. Here it doesn't mean physically. He's just saying. The chain, the same thing is with Keser. Yes, there's an inner and an outer. Oh, now he's saying it specifically. And that's the levels of Atik. And Arich. And that's the level of Heid Vahadar. I don't know if Heid means Atik and Heid is Hadar is Arich. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, it looks like it. The meaning of Heid is reflection. We're in the middle of reading. We're reading it. My reading. That, I think this is on uh, on, on Meishu Rabbeinu, right? Meishu Yeshua. Meishu Yeshua, yeah. The Nesata. And you will give him. You should give him. You will give him. Meishu from your what's hide? 
from your glory or from your splendor, which means from your reflection, your height, from your... It's a form of emanation. Okamoi, chase, chase, kiso shamayim hoidu. Hoidoi, right. Hoidoi, not hoidoi. That was That means covering, huh? Majestic. Yeah, majestic is a good word. Yeah, from your majesty. Good. Ziv usually is reflection. Ziv is like, huh? He covered the heavens with his Right. He covered the heavens with his majesty or glory or splendor. So what do we have from this? All this shows us that hoid. Zaziv, okay. Like a reflection, yeah. But he's he's going to say, "Amnam inyan ahayid who bechin ziva er atzmi." However, ahayid is the core. Like, like for example, you could have an outer reflection when he's giving nasata, mahitcha, a love. He wasn't just giving Yeshua a, a nice blessing; he was giving him the powers of his authority. Of being a rebbe, being a leader. So it's clearly you're talking here a majesty that's not just an external thing. It's the whole essence of Moshe Rabbeinu was going over to him, but not the essence, the core. So it's essential. It's called a a a a ziv er atzmi. Right. It's an er atzmi. It's an energy. It's a light, but it's a core of a core level. And that's the difference between heid and hader. The Hoid who adds some air. Hoid is the core energy. Vahodar who's Galas Hoid. Hoid is already the revelation of it. Like he said, Chutzain Simprim. Hoid who's Galas Hoid. Ukamoy Hadar, Kvayd Hoidacha. Hadar Kvayd Hoidacha, which means Hadar Kvayd Hoidacha. How beautiful. Or how, yeah, how beautiful is the, is the glory of your beauty. So you see here, right here, there's like two levels. This is Hadar of Kvei Deidach. Maybe he said it before, like you mentioned. So why didn't it say, why didn't it say Hadar Kvei Deidach? That's what it should have said. Oh, so Hadar Hidach is Heid. In other words, the Hadar of your Heid. Yeah. yeah, the honor of your majesty. Or the, yeah, the reflection. So you see clearly here, there's Hadar. No, I thought Hadar. I'm sorry, my, my mistake. I thought it said Kveid Hadrech. I thought, no, no, no. You're right. Kveid Hadrech. Ukumoi by Moshe, it says that I am a Hemne. Zeya, that is. Pinchas Dafresh of Gimel. For Nasata Ahid le Moshe. Ah. There in Zeya it says that Nasata, he gave Ahid to Moshe. Ahid is the higher level. For Nasata Ahid le Moshe. Obi Yeshua Yibkinis Hadar. Hadar. But then he says, "V'nasata meheitcha love, or from heitcha, from his heid he gave him hadar." Okay. Will be sure he begins hadar or hadar? How would you say it? Hadar, heid v'hadar. Okay, heid v'hadar. Ukedisha be yalkut, like it says in yalkut medrash, pasha bracha. Nitna heid l'meisha v'hadar l'meisha liyeshua. There you go, straight. He gave heid to meisha, which is the core. And Hodar to Yeshua. It's Mamish Befeir. Shanemer Becher Shader, he Hodar lay. Yeah. Yeshua is from the Shevet Yosef. So Becher Shader, 
which means the eldest of the or the more, or the prime. Bukhir is also the most powerful of Shaydei Hadulay. Uksiv v'nasata mahetcha love mahetcha v'loy kol hetcha. And, he, and then when it says that he gave it to the Yeshua, it says he gave from his heitcha. Now, but not all of it. He didn't give, it doesn't say v'nasata heitcha olav. It says mehaitcha, meaning he gave of it. Not all of it. Okay, pretty strong case. Shaheid is the core. And hodr is the revelation of it. Like example, for example, by a person in Like you see, what's heard by a person is that the face, the glow on his face, the shine, the glow of his face. It's like charisma. Right. Charm, grace. is accepted, but anyway, so when you see that glow on the face, every heart of every person accepts it without even... Just taking by it. Taken by it, taken by it, even without any logic. It's not a logical thing. Because you're seeing, you're experiencing, you're seeing. There's the core um, beauty, the core that doesn't have that doesn't have within any details. It's just a glow, a shine that affects you. That's why it doesn't. It's not possible to have in it any not reason or understanding. Or knowledge. That's why everyone is receptive. It's receptive to everyone, because it's not a matter of gradations or levels. When someone is muhudir, meaning he's let's say he's meticulous, say hidur. He's very careful in how he behaves. Means everything he does is done with a certain care, deliberation, and so on. And all the details. The details. When you say on the Esrik that it's a beautiful fruit. We're not just talking about the general glow of the Esrik. This is a beautiful explanation. You know, the Esrik looks good. It's Muhudda Bakala Pratim. There are details, Shaboy. Until you say that between all of them, so there's a very clear distinction between all of them, it's it's especially unique. The Khin. Vadarta Pnei Zokn. You say the face of the older Vadarta is has a glow to it, or is also using the word Hadar. Yeah. Shetzrichim lahadre. So there it's works. Vadarta Pnei Zokn means you should honor the face of a, an elderly, the, an elderly person. Vadarta means stand up for him. Shetzrichim lahadre lefarib protein yonik vede. It means that you have to honor him, lahadre, to beautify him. Certain details how to honor him. Lefarib and to praise him. In the details of his covet, right? There's details. It's not just a general thing. Because the hidur comes in specific details, specifically. And hid is in general because it's the core. Etzim, the essence. That's what it says by Shlema. That they get love and it was given upon him. Hid Malchus. The, the, the dignity, the majesty of his kingship, Divrei Yomim Aleph, Chavtes Chavhei, or Peter's Bimtsudas David, and Bimtsudas David explains how he needed be any call. It was obvious to all Asher who Hogan the royal Melucha and Paas Atzmei. It was obvious to all that he is fitting 
and appropriate for kingship, from his own his own virtue. Not because he was a son of God. Right. His own merit. So we see here the word what? Hoid. Not hoid. Mpasatsme. So he's going to explain what that means. Right. Yeah. But Inyan, who was the Inyan? You do it. What's it mean that? What is the Why is the Hayd used here? Because it's known that there's no king without a nation. So that's the case. His being exalted and above is not possible. Any Nimshul does not is not uh, transmitted Mistaif and doesn't follow. Only if there's a nation. If there's no nation, ain't Melech. So in other words, the nation is from where originates his greatness. So it's only from the nation that he's... If there's no nation to be higher than, king was alone on an island, what, what, what kind of king is he? So kingship, by definition, is being exalted from, of something. And they designate him as king. Like the Mitzvah. Designate a king. And how is that symbolized? When they place a crown, a kingly crown, on top of his head, and they bow to him, they receive the yoke of his kingship upon them. Without this, he would not have any advantage of any other person outside of himself, beyond him, others. So that's the case, why when he becomes a king, is there such a Mosik Deilemeilel? Yeah, yeah, right. There's a fear that just comes on its own. Shainet Tzlich is born that doesn't need contemplation, that he's king. And, and, and that accepted upon him the kingship. In other words, it's not because they're afraid of being punished. It's just a natural, uh, a natural respect and awe. It's a question he's asking. If the whole Malchus came because they designated him. So, he, so all it is is relative. He's on his own, he's, on, he's not on a higher level. It's only because he was exalted when they crowned him. And here we see that it's automatic. Without any particular reason. Or no, or, or, or not for any, without any effort. I love Mamela, Nafel falls upon them or and a fear on each person. Why? Because of whom it pnei his nasr That's because... Because they kill them? He says, not So he's saying, in other words, there's some element where you see the king, forget about, let's say there's no punishment, you see him and you you bow to him. Just, so he says, for whom it pnei his nasr that's because of his exaltedness. For that whom pnei his nasr shaleh. The Yeshua wasn't the king. That's specifically because of his core... His nasus, his core exaltation. This is called Yiddishademus, not Yiddishainish. That there's an awe when you see someone that's on a higher level, you just have a sense of respect. Like we see, we physically see, we actually see the difference between the fear of a king and the fear of a, of a, of a minister. The fear of a minister is only because of his ruling. He rules. And he uh, he's, he's, he's a he starts uh, shemisha governs over them. But the fear of a king it's not because he governs over them. 
or or uh, dominates over them or rules governs yeah it's only because it's, it's, rather it's because of his core exaltation and that's why the fear of him comes automatically in Yiddish, I'm a falirzach. You lose yourself. Talking about the Yeah, because he's beyond you completely. The first one is because he's your authority. So you have a respect for that. Here is, is a certain beyond. He's completely beyond. That means that this exaltation became something that is core and natural to him. Because as if he's fundamentally beyond the, the, the entire nation, and Maruman is exalted, and above them on a core, removed on a core level. Until anyone that, that uh, defies him, anyone that made it by him, that mutineers, rebels, is Chayev Misa, is death. Um, Subject to death penalty, committed just like he rebelled against God. Yeah, that's where you learn from. That the blessed is novice. What does novice mean? The whole story that he took away his vineyard. So his wife told him, "What are you scared of him?" She put two false witnesses that he kills the king in his chayav misa. So what does the word novice mean? What does novice mean? Oh. So Baruch Noivus Elikim and Melech. So basically, so they compare Elikim to Melech. Okay. So God, so so defying the king, rebelling against the king is like rebelling against God. The cause of Shali is like All this is impossible. You cannot say this is only because they crown the crowning of the of the nation. That they received him as a king. Because they can't give him this type of uh, exalted state. Even though through them accepting him as king and designating him as king, that's why he has, a, 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 that's why he has a, he's exalted above them. That's only which is called Hishtarus. Yeah. Oh. That part that they designate him is only considered because nation because that's considered like his governing over them, his ruling authority over them. Mm-hmm. But from this element that he spoke over, that's more in the technical side. That's the part that he rules over them and governs over them. Because from this type of this type of elevation could not would not be a natural, an automatic fear and bitl. And 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 uh, subjugation. But the core type of exaltation that he became that is fundamentally above and beyond. And that automatically this would elicit an automatic fear. This would not come. This would not come from crowning alone. So what's the explanation? We're in the middle. We're in the middle of discussing. Let's finish it. Then you'll hear it. However, the Indian, this is Dukasha Kiblu Lamelech. So, how do you explain this? On one hand, we said the whole thing, the whole kingship came because of a nation. Without it, there is no king. On the other hand, you can't say that alone is the reason for such type of awe. She says, and the Indian is Dukasha Kiblu Lamelech Nimshach Boy, that when they received him as king, something was transmitted into him. Memidis Malchus de Malchus 
that's, that when he was accepted as king, he's no longer the same person. Something new was added. There was Amshacha, there was a transmission from Malchus of above, kingship of above, into the Kesem Malchus and the crown king of him. And through this, this new addition that came into him, his, his, his core exaltation, that he becomes a melech be'etzim He's now a king, fundamentally, on the core level, on his own. Who said this? Who said this? You're coming to your own conclusions. Look, no, I said nothing. We're in the middle of a chapter. We didn't finish the chapter. He didn't say anything clearly. He's in the middle. He's in the middle of a question and answer. Okay, from this it appears that two things happen. It's Emel Blayam, they actually crown him, so that's up to them. And that would only lead to a fear like of a, of a minister, because he has authority. But something came from above, Malchus from above, now he has a whole different thing. Now he's saying, no, even before they crowned him, he has the power of Malucha Behelam. This type of this king has in him hidden this potential of this type of kingship. Just even before they crowned him, because he's a fundamentally he's an all-encompassing soul. And he has within him, on a core level, an exalted state. Like it says elsewhere. What does this mean in the context of what he said? That this Malchus that we just said is revealed with him when they crown him, he has that in him and concealed the higher Malchus even before. And when they crown him, it reveals within him this was this this potential, this hidden power within him. That's the parentheses. Anyone who rebels in him or mutineers, this explains now. That therefore anyone that challenges him or in that way is, why, how do you compare him to God? Because it's not about him. He has now a dimension of godly malchus. It's like made the malchus That's called Elohim Chaim, the living God, the king of the world. Why is he adding this? Because it's, it's basically answering a fundamental question. What do we, you know, does he have it on his own? He doesn't have it on his own. The king, the, the nation gives it him. What does he have on his own? The power of Malchus de Leila. That's why he has this type of... That's why there's this deeper yira. And that's why... Why, why, would, why would you kill him? If someone's made it in Nasar, there's no Chayv Misa. So, you know, how could you compare him to God? This answers it. Because Malchus de Leila is now inside of him. Same reason why we stand up for a Talmud Chochem. Not because he's a good, great guy who's smart. Because he has Torah of God within him. According to this, we'll understand also Malchus de Leila. In this Nasa Salakis, in the divine dominance, so the divine superiority. That when we say God is a king, when we say, let's say in Rosh Hashanah, we're crowning God as king, it's not that it comes, it's transmitted to Nilkach and Nilkach and taken from, rooted in, sourced in, from the nation Nifrid, which are separate, Yeshma'ayin. Because we say, I'm the same thing. That God needs an outside nation that's like, not children, but like servants that crown him. They're nifra, they're separate and created anew. In other words, Oyer cannot crown. Because Oyer is a hemshech of the Moir. A kalim or nifradim, things that are separate, they can come and say, we crown you as king. Like we say, the heavenly soldiers, the heavenly celestial bodies, 
bow to him. It's How could it be that God's Malchus, which is so fundamentally distant from us, that we should be causing his Isnasus? So what's the meaning? Because he's called... No, no, I'm sorry. It's still going on. Kim, he's rather he's called Melech Mareim Levadi. On his own, he's exalted. We learned this before. Like we said, Daniel Lam, Daniel Lam, Tadam Sar, Tadam Kol He asked that question. So in other words, on his own, he's Levadi. She's not to see because it's not to see because his exaltation, his higher state, is core. It's not relative to the nation or to others. The Ma. So that's that's When you say that he's mesnasi to be a melech on the nation, that's already elam habriya and yitzira shazer shakosav malchuscha malchus kelelomen who pchinis levuz v'tzimtzum gadol. That's already how he's manifesting. It's already a levush, a garment and a great concealment. Ukomeshakosav Hashem melech geis lavosh. The geyazu who etzle bchinis levush levad. You see, Hashem melech geyus lavush. The Hashem is uh, geyus is like uh, uh, greatness. The, that's a, but it's a garment. The guy, the geyazu who etzle bchinis levush. Because here it's, it's a garment. It's not the real. You talk about the highest level of divine is it's not Here you're already talking as he's manifesting on a lower level. He's higher than the world. That he kavyochel, so to speak, concealed himself to be a king on the nation on these lower levels, and to receive from them the crown, the king's crown. Like when it says, "We'll give you the crown of the king." He needs our crown, but that's how he's manifesting in the levush. That's on that level through our bitla yesh. By us submitting, subjugating ourselves to him, we bring down that level. But the way he's on his own, he's exalted on his own. All these expressions are showing he's a melech independent of us. That's what we say, Kveid Malchus. That's what means Kveid Malchus. Kveid Malchus, when you say Kveid Malchus, what's Kveid Malchus? That's the honor of the kingship on, his, on the core level. That's beyond, that's on, its, that's on its own level, not relative. So what we see here is, so that we're crowning God is the same thing, like he said with a person. It's there, Be'etzem. He has it. But then when he manifests on lower levels, we reveal it even on the lower levels. Now in Kesamachus, which is the general idea of exaltation and beyond Remus. And um Remus. Now he's going back to Atik and Arach, the whole thing we spoke about, Haid and Hodar. So now in Malchus itself, you have two levels. And these are the two levels of Keser Malchus. Echot Keser Malchus Shasarim Ba'am Neisnim Al Reisha Melech. What? Neisnim. What? No, Reimus, like loftiness. Yeah. 
The first is the crown of the king that the sodim, the ministers, and the nation place on his head, on the head of the king. Through this he becomes a king upon them. An exalted and a type of authority over them. And a second element in Kesar Malchus in the king, the crown of the king is that he has from an inheritance from his parents, from his fathers, of Yilavish. That they take the crown of that was on his father's head and now you put it on his head. Yeah, right, right, I'm sorry, right. Right, you're right. That the that crown that was on the head of his father, he automatically wears it. Not because the, not because the, the nation crowns him. That the Kesser fit him perfectly. So it says that the Kesser, when there was the right Melech, the Kesser adjusted itself to fit. I mean, huh? Yeah, without someone else's effort. So we see a deeper level. This is Isnasus Atzmi. So it's not relative that he's appointed by, and as that, that is on that lower level. But on his own, he's a fundamental core exaltation. On his own, he's Roy, he's worthy to this kingship. That means a Kesar Homase. The Kesar fits him, because if it wasn't worthy, then the Kesar would be in someone else's crown. Why is it on his head? Here, automatically, it becomes his. In other words, it's related to him fundamentally. What's the tra- translation of homose? Fitting? Fit, fitting, right? Fits. Elamte, that's how you pronounce it? Remember? Not, not homose? You sure? Because I remember the Rebbe saying homose. Okay. But holamte is the word? What's the root shadish of holamte? Holam. Okay, okay. Halamte, I always thought it was Did you? How did you translate? And this is also Heid Malchus Heid, not Hader. That is worthy fundamentally to this exalted state. He doesn't need someone else's um, endorsement. Klal or Klal, at all. <laughs> Because he's fundamentally and uh, uh, he's a king because of his own state of Ramamus. Now he's going back to Shlem, and this is what it means that it was placed on, that what Shlem it says, and is placed upon him. What he said for, from Mitzvah's David. Everybody recognized that he was worthy on his own. Because of his own fundamental isnasus. That came to him from the higher malchus. But I have a question. He just said the second malchus comes Yerusha Mevesov. If he's worthy. Right, of course. So so what they saw was that he wasn't just a son of David HaMelech. They saw on his own that he's worthy. So you could say there's three things here. One is the nation crowns you. That's on the lower level. There's with your son, you get something in Yerusha. But then there's something no, you have on your own. Yerusha doesn't... Because the, the when they recognize in Shlema, they recognize it was on his... Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying there's three elements here. There's one, the nation crowns. There's one Yerusha that you actually get. That you could have... Well, you could take... Oh, you could have not the Yerusha also. Yerusha means that... But Yerusha is usually the first place you look when you count the will. You look at the son is Roy. It has to be Yerusha. You have to be 
Yeah, but Yerusha, you can also say, has two sides to it. Yerusha is not like Kazulas. Yerusha is not... Hold on, hold on. One second, one second. Yerusha... I'm leading to something. Yerusha, one second, listen to the point. Yerusha means two things. Yerusha is not Zulas. Yerusha doesn't mean you're getting it from someone else. Yerusha means you're actually getting the etzim from your father. Now, not everyone was right. Not everyone was worthy. But bottom line is Yerusha, the way he says it's the second level, because you could say the same argument. One second. The, the nation is crowning him, and here he's also not doing it on his own. He's got, he's got it as an inheritance. But the inheritance is the Atzmi. He's getting Malchus de Le'ela as an inheritance. Otherwise, the Yerusha doesn't Right, exactly. That's why, if he's not Roy, the din is, when you look for the new king after the king dies, you look for, first you look for a son. He has to be Right, exactly. So he needs to have the son because if he's Roy, then he has, you know, he has Malchus Delayel. If he's not, you know, he's just a son. I'm just pointing it out here. That's what, so when they saw in Shleiman, what they saw was that he's also Roy. Besides being a son of David. And that means he has an son. And Keser, Helamte, is a sign. Because if it wouldn't fit him, it would mean it's not, it's, it, it, it doesn't have it on his own. It's only, you can't just, in other words, you can't just take your father's crown and stick it on your head. You have to have... Uh, right, that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the whole puzzle. That's why it says... They didn't have any, any, any boys that were Roy. That's why they went to First of all, I, I would be careful when you speak about that. You got that from an authority, or are you saying this in your own thoughts? No? Were, yeah, and I don't. I wouldn't say one Roy. Maybe not Roy for the, the, the Rebbe is the Rebbe. That's it. Yeah, yeah but make the, be careful when you make such statements because unless the Rebbe said that, you weren't there. So how do you know? So I'm saying no. I wouldn't put it that way at all. The Rebbe is the Rebbe. You know. It could be also when it's not a Yerusha when the Tzaddik didn't want to take except. The Baal son also gave it to them. The Baal Shem son gave it to the Magid after because, yeah. We're not talking here who's not worthy. We're talking about whether who is worthy. We're not talking about. I don't. I'm not sure. Let me just finish this thing. Let me see. Okay, so one second. So what do we got here? So this is what the Mitzudah's David said. That came from the higher Malchus. That's already how it extends, and uh, and the snasus and is above, superior to the nation. Like it says, the multitude of the nation is the king's honor. The beauty of the king, when there are many people there. Obviously, the many people do not make him king, and do not add his core. So it's clearly on the outer. The hidur, meaning that the expression of his leadership, the king shows up, no one's there, doesn't take away from his core malchus, but it's not revealed. It's not revealed. There's a lot of people, there, that's the hadris melech. But it's not that a lot of people make him king, it's that they reveal his kingship in expressed level on biyaz, he said, and so on. 
The Hoyt Malchus ain't a Tali Berevam. Hoyt Malchus, on the other hand, the, the core essence is not dependent on the, the, the nation, on the many people in the Revam, on, the, on a large number of people. Even with a few miyotam, even a small nation, or no nation at all, as the king is in his own, in his own chamber, in his own... Yeshev al kisim achusi sits on the on the on the throne. Yachalias hoid melech beetzim. You could have that hoid melech that that glow that um, what we called before that majesty on his own. Kamei b'melech b'yofi tachzeno. Ah, because that's tachzene necho. So there's like it says melech b'yofi, a king in his beauty tachzena you will see with your eyes. But he's pointing out here the point is not that you see it. That's not what makes him beautiful. Because he's beautiful, that's why you see it. Not. You will, you will, you will perceive the beauty. beauty, right? That's why he doesn't say enecha because enecha is already the people. But the bottom line is he has it on his own. Even he has it on his own, even when no one's around. But hadras melech, the expression of it is when there's a large group of people. The hainu beribu he's not he's pashus, meaning an a multitude of extension. The koma am. The more the people, the greater the nation. The more that there's a bound of people, the more people there are, the more um, respect and, and, and honor is for the king. You could almost say, I think, maybe the word majesty and honor is good words. Because honor suggests someone's honoring someone. Yeah, and whereas majesty, you have the majesty even if you're not being recognized. You have it because you fundamentally have it. But the interesting thing is the, the nation does evoke it, does reveal it, even if you have it on your own. That's the crowning. So it's not just two separate things. It's not just they have it on the core level, and then it also extends. The nation also brings out the core. They bring it out. Majestic you, you are by yourself. Maybe there's two types of kings. People who have it, and then they, they reveal it. Or people who don't have it, but when they're crowned, they able to gidze, mamayla. You could say two types of kingship. Yeah, okay. Majestic is somebody by himself, you're I'm using the word. Majesty is, yeah, is exudes from his core, and Hadar would be how it's expressed or how it's seen. It fits. I mean, he brought all these rays. I mean, this is full of rays and Haid Vahadar here. And this honor of the king is even greater and more, more so. When it's from different types of people, and separate from one another, if it's all one big uh, clones like a cult, everybody's like one type. Even though there are many of them, it's not as beautiful. It's not as. It's only when they're very different types of people because that shows the truth of it. If everyone's the same. Okay, you know, there are these type of people, they like this guy. But for different people, and they come together, like the, 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 the soldiers of the king, the army. If they're all one type, even if they're as many as the, the, as the, as the sand on the water, at the beach, grains of sand, it's not yet the, the, the beauty of the king. The, the honor of the king. 
Uh, this is very good. This I have a lot to say about. So, you know, that's... <laughs> so if everybody's a type and running after the same Rebbe, yeah, then it's not... A, but if they're very different, they're different types of people, then you have... Meaning, like like uh, like uh, like the soldiers, the soldiers that ride on different types of harechvim become mini kazan. But the cavalry on horses. Okay, because my chayel harechvim, like like the cavalry that ride with different types of arms, a different type of. Um, Different types of weapons. So charovis is swords, kashoshes are are uh, are bows, and now chitzim are spears. What? Chitzim are spears. Swords, bows, and spears. That's now the infantry. Rechvim are the people on on uh, yeah, the infantry. Those that go with their feet. And they're different, and they're different in garments, but chunosam, and in their personalities. And each one serves the king according to his way. They don't change, they don't alter from their from their positions. And when they all come together and they gather, the covet hamelech for the honor of the king. Covid Melech Zeh, this king Bekach. Right, right. The Covid Melech Zeh Bekach. This one in his way. Zeh Bekach and this one in his way. Each one demonstrating their own particular skills and different differences. Ozudafke Hadras Melech. Then you see the beauty, the greatness, the beauty of the king, the honor of the king. V'hainu Kanal the Heid Melech Hudover Atzmi. So this is like we said earlier, because Heid Melech that's a core thing. Sheim Bzeis Chalkus Klal. That has no distinctions. So now we're talking about Hadar Melech. This, all of them gathering, doesn't affect who he is in his core level, but you want revelation. The expression of his kingship is when you see the multitude of, of diverse in, individuals all honoring the same king. And everything that extends has in it distinctions. And when you have, so when you have distinctions, it could also be divisiveness. But when you have distinctions and they come together, harmony within diversity, we discussed that as, as teferas, then you have hidr. Then you have beauty. Because you have so many different and they all come together, then that creates a true glory. An example for this in the higher kingship, we said before, which is the honor and the, the beauty of his kingship. That's already the extension of how God, the divine, extends his, leader, his kingship. The way he's exalted over the nation, that comes in details. The king is is praised with 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 uh, with uh, showered with praise with praises with many different types of praise. You don't just say 
you're you're great. We say it in so many different ways. Benisham is right. Benisham is by the souls of Malachim. Both souls and kings. This is how. This is the example of when you have a parade for the king. He's giving the example in Ruchnis, where everybody from different backgrounds are all coming to say different praises. The everyone at their level. Like we say, what's in the language of chsidim are the neshamas? Avodav is servants are neshamas and malachim, souls and angels. So we see clearly that you're seeing different types of lashon, different types of expressions. There's many levels. It not only is different levels in categories. There's many levels in each category, like machin machal, the camp of. That's with love, chesed. And it has in it 180,000 camps. That serves and is honoring God through Yirah. The same thing in soul. This one serves through love. This one serves through awe and respect. Like known in the Sayyidah, seven candles, the seven branches of the Menedah, that haven't it really many levels without end. It breaks into seven categories. So when the they come all together, the tribes of Israel, below, and the Malachim above, the fire liyetsam to praise and 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 uh, what's it called and uh, is the word huh? glorify the fire liyetsam to their yetsam to their creator their shaper which is every day during davening that everyone praises and 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 admires uh, it's different types of praise mahalal mishabach. How do you translate hill of the Tishbachis? You say praise and uh, and honor and admire. I think they're different forms. La to God. davening. Everyone on their mahus, their personality, and their level praises God in a different way. That brings out Hadris Melech, the revelation of the kingship. The is that's all the extension of energy. We talk about the core divine energy, the way the Melech is on his own, and without the need for anyone else praising or saying anything. You say, They're, they're afraid even. They're afraid even of saying his praise. Because they're so beyond him, they don't even won't be in his presence. Which means that it will be silent. Dame from the word dame. Is, is a place for you. Yeah, to, to you, my to my praises, I'm, I'm silent. I can't even say any praise, basically. I stare. To you, the is the The silent is the praise. Right, right. So, yeah. So silent because you can't even express it because it's so beyond expression. There, there's no levels at all. Because this is in the core that has no level, that has no levels at all. That's why also in the bittel has no distinctions. And this is the level of heid malchus. 
וזהו גם כמה שהיידו לא שנדא, this also explains why hoid is from the word heidא, acknowledgement, שאין השייך בהיל ובשבח. ונתומר, השבח. הדר is a praise. heidא just means acknowledge, it's not, you can't even say in a hill ובשבח, you can't even say a praise or a description. כי אם heidא לבד, it's just acknowledgement alone. כמו שכוסר ואתו, מוידים אנחנו הולך לעץ מוסכו. Now, מוידים, I just... I stand, and I, I stand in, basically in silence, in a in silent acknowledgement of you, to your core. Um, Mahalim l'chol Hashem tifartecho. Mahalim, and the praise is only l'shem tifartecho, to the name, to the expression of your beauty. B'chines er v'ziv, u'b'chines is pashtus. To the energy, that the reflection, and that extends. So he answered the question. Still, more going to talk about it, talk about it more. He answered the question, how can you say in Eid and Sof, he said, They could say there's a revelation. So he right now showed how there's a revelation that's higher than Kalim, because you're standing in the presence of Keser, but you're acknowledging it. That acknowledgement, that expression that breaks into details, is a gili. Whereas the core of Eid and Sof, now he's gone even further. So you have Behirus, this is Sfiris from the word Behirus in Etzema Er. Till now we were saying it was in the Kalim, it was in the Primus Kalim, it was an energy in Atzilus. Now he went and said it's in the Erab Ligvul, so he said how in Erab Ligvul is their expression? It's the core. So he said, now he showed that there's two levels. There's the core beyond expression and there's the core that expresses how it's a, for, it's a like form fall, of expression. We spoke about Eil Shefa, that in Oya there are two things. There is the Oya Kemoi, Shola Atzmoi, Right, exactly. Yeah. It says, both Heid and Hodr. Heid, the glory, the majesty is the core energy. For Hodr is Galus, and the beauty is really expression of the, the majesty. It's like Heid Pnei Adam, when a person's face has that glow. That's from his general core, general, I'll call us Atmos, from his general, there's no details. And when you see someone, you say someone thinks Muhudr, you say his, his details, the way he behaves, his, his meticulous and Muhudr and, uh, and deliberate and beautiful in its details. Heid Malchus is the way he's the Melech is Be'etzem. The king is on his own, from his own Shinimshah. comes from Malchus of above. Obalai Ma'avesa of that Keser Holamte. And it comes from his parents, fathers, because the Keser fits him. That's his core, essential, exalt, exalted state. Un, 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 independent of and unrelated to and not of anyone else. And that's where the real awe of the king is. That comes automatically. That's why he has it, even when there's no nation. The beauty of his kingship is already the crowning and the receiving of his kingship. That's already how he is superior or leading the nation. That's why because it's the Hadras. We're not talking about the king alone doesn't need Revam. Many people. <coughs> and all the diversity he spoke about. Something <laughs> that he dresses it up as a garment. Geus is lovish and lavush. 
That's how he's over the world. That's an extension. And the praise of the angels and the souls is all about his expressed majesty. Then there's the Melech as he's exalted beyond on his own. Shall Zenem and Nadet Tehillis. And that you say Nadet Tehillis. We don't, we're, we're, we're in awe even of saying any praise. Dumer Tehillah. Vizel Gamkin Heid Losh And that is also Heid, it's just acknowledgement of something greater. Okay, so we did chapter 122, page 236 through 238.